Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Falling to Kudadrani and Kudadrani is through and Kudadrani for the line. The tackle, the stretch, the try for Tevita Kudadrani. Hello and welcome to week three of the Thistle Rugby podcast. After some absolutely heartbreaking uh, stuff for Scotland this weekend, I'm joined by Alan. Howdy. And Matt. Hi guys, how are you doing? Just like to welcome back Alan from his, his brief sojourn in the, in the West of America. It's, it's good to have him back. Yeah, went across to help Trump get elected. Did it? He's done really well. Done really well. So make so make America make America great again. Make Scottish rugby great again. <laughs> and there could not be a better point to make after this another devastating one point loss to Australia twice in one year. It's enough to make you kill yourself if you support another country other than Scotland, and then you're used to it. So we're going to be getting into what we see are the three thistly issues of the week, and they're going to be one. What did we learn in that game against Australia the weekend? Number two, what does Scotland need to do to beat Argentina next weekend? Number three, do we have a front row crisis? And uh, then we've got a new segment at the end. We've got Alan's sure thing and Alan's long thing, um, which is going to be... <laughs> oh, what is it? Excuse me? Oh, God. <laughs> Alan's long thing is going to be for 18, uh, 18 years plus, but... Um, that's going to be having a look at the betting markets. So Alan's going to give you his idea of what we think is going to be a good bet for next week. You can follow us now on iTunes, Acast. Um, we are on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod. Um, we were live tweeting the game with some pretty ropey gifts at the weekend. Um, if you guys are interested in a bit of a funny take on it all. Um, what did you guys just generally think of the weekend? 
yeah, I mean, complete heartbreak. Um, you know, as, as I said in the pod last week, I was pretty worried after Australia absolutely decimated Wales, but we played really, really well, I think. Um, you know, we outscored them three tries to two. We, apart from maybe the first two try, first try, sorry, we didn't really let them much in the game, and it was just really gutting to lose in typical Scottish style to do it right at the end. So, yeah, disappointed, but I think there's a lot of positives. Yeah, I think, I think we've played Australia five times over the last six years, and we've actually won two out of the five. But I'd probably say I was more positive coming out of this game yeah. than I was yeah. in the two scrappy wins we managed to do, both in the rain, with not much invention on either okay. side. Okay. Um, so so what what did what did we learn what did we learn then? Other than obviously the headline sort of home debut of Hugh Jones, um, with two tries and unbelievable performance. What did we learn more about this Scotland squad? Um and I think before we get into that sort of deep stuff, what did we think of the new Scotland jersey? Uh, what well, I didn't really know. What was the difference? It's got like tar- it's got sort of like tartany stuff on the back and a bit of a sort of football white yeah. uh, white stripe across the show- shoulder. Have they not always had or in recent years yeah, a tartan they, trim? That's down the side. I've always thought that's pretty terrible. Across so. the back, it's now sort of a little bit tartany. I think it's a little bit tweed, but I mean, I'd, I'd love to just bring back the old blue. Navy blue, white collar, cotton, white tra- cotton traders. Yeah, cotton traders. I, I think we should do it. We should, we should yeah. be the country that brings back the baggy cotton jersey. That would be good. <laughs> that is, you know, when, it, when it rains, you know, it, it makes you weigh twice as much. But convince Macron well, we, to sponsor us, but not put their brand on. <laughs> they are, they are yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cotton, cotton traders. Yeah. Here. <laughs> so let me go. Let me start with, uh, with you, Matt. Um, what did we learn? Um, about the Scotland team against Australia this weekend? Well, yeah, I think there's a few things. I think you, you mentioned Hugh Jones's home debut, and he's a bit of an unknown quantity in terms of, you know, he plays for the Stormers, and apart from Super Rugby, which people might watch a bit, no one really watches him in the Curry Cup, but it seems as if he's been doing really well there. I think he um, he was awarded, you know, Stormers Players Player of the Year, you know, which is no mean feat. Um, and I thought he was excellent. You know, it looks as if actually... He's probably one of the few players in our team, alongside maybe Hogg, that the Australians were actually a bit scared of. Um, and I think when he went past Kuridrani for a second try, that was sort of a good example. Um, and also, you know, apart from his tries, I think that he, he sort of does the, the more sort of gritty stuff as well. I think he, he defended pretty well. He sort of tracked back nicely. So it's great to see. And I think that, you know, for the first time in a long time, we've, we've got a lot of strength in the centre and a lot of not just solid players, like exciting players. Yeah, I think... When, even after the game, I was still sort of a little bit dismissive of him, possibly. Why? Of course you were. Well, no, just, just because, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, had a, there was a good bounce of the ball for the chip, and he went in under the post, which was, was fine. And I thought that Kieran Danny did pretty badly trying to tackle him for his try. But actually, when we rewatched it today, I have to say that actually looking at what he did above and beyond the two tries in terms of his distribution, in terms of his work rate, in mm. terms of his tackling, and also just sort of kind of defensive yeah. news. I think it was all, it was, I mean, for a, for a first cap. Well, there was a couple of points exactly. there, and he, he was instrumental in the lead up to his second try as well, when they put together that nice little move on the far side with, um, yeah. which made to Visser getting a lot of lines. Yeah. And, he, and yeah. as much as he scored two, he popped up in the right place to intercept that pass from Genia, 
to save one try as well. Yeah, de- a de- definite sort of mm. five pointer yeah. yeah. going the other way. So I think I think he was absolutely absolutely awesome. And for me, it's just it is so refreshing to see a Scotland team with players who can beat men one on one. Now we've got mm. sort of Finn doing his thing. He made a couple of sort of half breaks yeah. that looked really good. You've got Hoggy. I think he arsed around and got caught in possession a little bit. But when he's one on one with people, he he gets around them. He, he always he gets beats, his hands he beats free. forwards exactly like, for, for fun. Exactly, and Hugh Jones is looking good as well. And then when you chip into the the mixer, Seymour obviously compassionate reasons didn't play, but he's an unbelievable um, player. Maitland's playing out of his skin um, for um, Saracens week in week out. He had, I think, an okay game apart from mm-hmm. the mistake he made for the Australia try. And then Visser as well, who is. Is, is great. We've got players that can actually score points and it's, it's unbelievably refreshing. Yeah, I think we, a lot of those players do have sort of um, issues with their play. I know obviously Visser and Maitland, we've talked about defensive liabilities, yeah. but we're definitely a team that can score points. Yeah. And we have yeah. backs that can break play. And I say, Which we one? actually had more clean breaks than Australia. Well, it's got three, three tries two as well. I mean, yeah. that doesn't often happen against many teams, let alone the Southern Hemisphere team. So. against Southern Hemisphere. <laughs> Considering yeah. that I think the last time we beat them was the 9 6. Yeah. In oh, the yeah. rain. Last two victories, we scored nine points in both matches. Nine yeah. <laughs> so I think we can certainly say we're on an upwards curve in terms of being an attacking team. But mm. for me, and it'd be good to hear you guys' um, opinions on this, we're also showing strength and depth in a number of positions, actually. I mean, the back row in particular, I think if you include Fraser Brown, we had four number sevens on the park um, at one stage this, uh, this weekend, mm. all of which you'd be pretty happy with starting them with seven on their back and feeling okay about it. Yeah, I think actually it, it was obviously a shame that, that Ryan Wilson had to go off injured, but it actually seemed a bit of a blessing in disguise because you could get on the sort of real breakdown um, specialist like Hardy could come on. Um, and yeah, I thought that Barkley and Watson in particular were, were excellent. Bar- and Barkley had his best game for a long, long time. Um, and you sort of wonder why he'd been left out for so long. Um, I think that maybe the one thing that we're missing in that back row is still a sort of dynamic, a really dynamic big ball carrier. Yeah. So, because, I mean, you know, Watson, yeah. Barkley, Hardy, they're all similar size, similar kind of player. Um, and it's, it's interesting to see today, and um, we've been tweeting about it today, that Cornell Dupree has been brought into the squad. You know, he, he is a proper out-and-out number eight, so it'll be interesting to see how, how he goes. Um, and do, you think, do you think he'll start ahead of... Um, Str- we know Strauss was, is, is, was sort of slated to start at eight, but he's carrying a little bit of a knock. He's your sort of ball, other ball-carrying number eight. Would you start Dupree ahead of him? Well, I think this season Dupree has been injured quite a lot and he's been struggling for both game time and, as a result, form. So I would be quite surprised if they started him. I think they'll put him on the bench, maybe. And sort of bring him on to have a bit of an impact. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely correct. But I think I think you're right. The main point is with Barkley, Hardy, and and um, Watson. I think it was we managed to compete with Pocock and Hooper, which is yeah. excellent, amazing. And, ma- yeah. and maybe and maybe that's it. Maybe you play as many sevens as you can to slow down <laughs> the ball, <laughs> and you try and put in as many late hits on Bernard Foley, which also seemed to be like a tactic, and we were um, we were quite effective at it for. At least the first fifty minutes. Now, Alan, the stats man, has been sort of breaking this down, <laughs> so he's going to give you some unique insight into why um, why we ended up losing this game, which I think eminently we should have won. So yeah, I guess if we look at the sort of penalty count uh, in the first half, we had Australia seven, Scotland three. Second half, Scotland nine, Australia two. 
And then you look again at un unforced errors in the first 50 minutes. I mean, Australia had nine unforced errors to R3, which just sort of shows that... And when you look at where, where we were at 50 minutes, I think it was 22-10, we'd been clinical, put away probably our three best opportunities. Australia probably had three good opportunities. I'd only put away one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in terms of not giving away penalties, there wasn't really a lot of times where we had a lot of pressure in our own 22. Actually, the kind of Australia tries were more kind of breaks from the halfway line, which kind of just, in terms of a team, just relieves a lot of pressure yeah, off you. Definitely. And I don't, know, I don't know what it is, whether they've just given so much in the first 50 minutes that people got tired, whether sort of substitutions and injuries sort of mix it up a little bit. I'm not sure. I think, I think the bench is quite weak. Yeah. yeah. You, you look at it and you, you're sort of forced into bringing on a few players who... You know, are, are solid players, but aren't going to sort of go and win you at a game. They're not exactly impact players, and that's probably been a, an issue with us for quite a while. And Gordon Reed came on and sort of had a bit of a, a stinker. Yeah. yeah, and in that second half, with the penalties and with the fact that we seemed to struggle kicking out of our own twenty-two, yeah, it, was, it was terrible. We just kept yeah. bringing on, and actually, I think we did quite well to limit the amount of opportunities Australia had. Yeah, definitely. And actually, that says a lot for our defence, but we just weren't able to play in their half at all. I mean, it just seems watching the last 20 minutes, we didn't have the ball. We, nev we never had yeah. it, despite them being down to 14 men after mm. Skelton had to eat the cheese after that sort of <laughs> no, uh, no arms tackle. You should, should read the, um, I was on the Green and Gold Rugby website reading the comments and everyone is going absolutely apoplectic <laughs> at Skelton. <laughs> Who was saying, you know, should never play for Australia again. It's absolutely brilliant to see the lumbering 12-year-old man-child. <laughs> 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 now, I know, I know I've been a bit critical of Laidlaw on the podcast, and I actually think his first half today might have been the best 40 minutes I've seen him play, definitely since the Samoa game in the World Cup last year. But is there something about him as the leader of the team? He's not very talkative. I just feel like he should have been doing something more to kind of yeah. tactically. It's, it's so difficult, isn't it? Because it's, it's such uncharted territory. Yeah. We're just so unused to it. And I think that that is, that is definitely is a huge mental aspect to it. That in that last 20 minutes, I think there was a sort of a, a slight um, willingness to actually just let Australia have the ball and sort of say, well, we'll try and hold them out. It's the sort of last bastion thing. Rather than saying, let's go out and win this game. Let's score the next points. Um, and that's all it needed. It needed just to get up the field and score a penalty or a drop goal. Um, so, yeah, I think it's... I, I can see the leadership argument, definitely. And the leadership thing, but I also think Matt's point, listen, it's a 23-man game, it's the biggest cliche going around at the moment, but an R23 is not as good as Australia's. Our starting 15 is the best that we've had in a long time, and we are now competitive for that 60 minutes. But when you look at the players that um, Australia can bring in versus, I mean, Gordy Reid came on, and he's just... Listen, he's not he's not international standard. He gave away one glaring penalty when he sort of lost his mind and sort of tried to run away with the ball. Yeah. It's actually quite funny if you watch that back, you see John Barkley going absolutely mental <laughs> on the field. Um, but I mean, it, it, we just we can't close out. And also, who is in charge of Scotland's restarts? Oh, jeez. Why can't why can we not do restarts? Why have we never been able to do restarts? And we give away points from them. No other team in the world. Gives away as many points from restarts as us, surely. It's it, yeah, I, it, I, it's so frustrating to watch. I think Australia had had seen that as a weakness because during the game, every single restart, they just popped up in the middle and put up either Falara or Hayley Petty, who are probably two of the best high ball takers in the world. You know, so 
we got completely, completely killed there. When it's Falao jumping up against you know one of your second rows, it's just not going to work. But why don't they have lifters around them and and getting them up in the air, little pods? I, it's just it's such a, a mental thing to, to have to go through. Yeah, I, I'd like to add it, but that I just don't understand what's going on. So, I mean, and if this had been like a one game, like this is, <laughs> this has never happened before. It's, right? it's decades. <laughs> this has literally <laughs> happened. Decades. So presumably, Vern Cotter, you're sitting out there listening to us. Can you, <laughs> can you just get on and do some restarts at, uh, next week? I mean, Ryan Wilson before he went off, the only thing he did, and I think he actually got into doing so it, bad. Was doing this was this ridiculous restart um, matter. I mean, it's just. It's horrific, but if we can, let's close out on a positive and talk about, if I can bring up a stat, the, the Gray brothers, I don't think it's something that we learned, but unbelievable in defense. I mean, I think they combined for 47 tackles um, between the two mm -hmm. of them. They didn't miss one of them. Um, Johnny obviously got on the, the score sheet. I think if you look at their line-out stats as well, they were both leading there. I mean, I just think when they're playing together and playing well, they're just unbelievable. And saying that, 47 tackles out of Scotland's 125 total. So, I mean, you've mm. got them making over one-third of the team's tackles. I'd, I'd like to just... see Gray's carries as well, because it seemed, it seemed like he was absolutely all over the place. He takes a lot of responsibility, actually, and far more than Richie Gray, I think, which is sometimes the frustrating thing with Richie, that you feel like with his athletic potential, he doesn't quite make the most of it. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm sure it's something we'll talk about, but... Johnny Gray does seem like a pretty strong candidate for the Lions in the second row. It's just a very competitive area. Yeah. And one of the things, actually, when I was re-watching the game, that, specifically that second try, um, one of the phases where they hit it up, Johnny Gray sort of came in and didn't just hit the ruck, but he literally just smashed, I think it was Hooper, away and laid lots, had clean ball, mm. literally one second, and then that meant Visser, they had, they had numbers on the left, and Visser was able to make a 30-meter break. Mm. And actually, whilst obviously the hands were great, all that comes from is Richard Gray being able to smash someone over yeah. and having that work rate to be able to do mm. that consistently sure. over a game. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're unbelievable to have and let's hope that they keep building on and great performances coming into next weekend. And that's what we're going to have a look at now. So, guys, obviously um, Argentina took a loss against Wales, uh, Wales yesterday. Um, not the best game in the world. But what does Scotland need to take out of that performance against Australia and do to beat Argentina at Murrayfield next weekend? So I think the two things that really stand out for me is we need to somehow shore up our scrum, number one. Yeah, and we we're going to come on to talk about the front row. For you front row aficionados out of there, don't worry, we're going to have... We're going to break that down for you later, but um, I agree, front row, definitely. See, so, yeah, I think we gave about three penalties away today just on the scrum, and to do that against Australia, who are notoriously much weaker than Argentina in the scrum. Yeah. And then secondly, I think if we can maintain that intensity in defence, especially with the back row, around the ruck and around the sort of 10 channel, which is where Argentina love to play, if we can sort of shut that down, slow their ball down, then with the the backs that we have, I just can't see us not winning that game. Oh, steady <laughs> on. Oh, steady on. I, I, knew, I knew what I was saying. Well, fast forward one week, we know what's going to happen, don't we? I know. Wow, it's finally you know, optimistic know, I, about I Scottish rugby. Said, it's unbelievable. I said one win at the start, and I still yeah. believe that we'll beat Argentina and lose to Georgia. So. <laughs> um, Matt, what, Matt, you got anything to chip in on that? 
Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with those points. Um, I just think we need to keep doing what we're doing in terms of our performance. I think it would be quite tempting to sort of worry about the need for a win and revert maybe to sort of Scottish type, which is, you know, very tight, turgid rugby. But I think when we beat them in the, the last autumn series, we played some really good stuff. You know, it was, it was high tempo, it was taking um, tap and goes. Um, so I think that we need to focus, keep focusing on the... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. On the attacking side of things, because the signs are really, really good against Australia. I think we do have quite a distinctive style of play now that we sort of got... Laidlaw bringing in our good runners, um, Russell making things, you know, take over nicely. So I, I just, I hope that sort of the expansive side of things is, is maintained. Um, and yeah. it, there's not much else we can do in terms of the scrum. Is now still, he's still out for this whole series? That's my understanding. I'm not yeah, sure. I think so, he's, he's not even named in the squad. I mean, be... you know, as we said, Gordy Reid and, and Murray Lowe, I think, came on in the end. And maybe Murray Lowe's a bit stronger in the scrum. But I think it would be quite harsh to, to sort of replace those guys. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't make any changes, really. And, yeah. and what about, there was a couple of injuries, obviously, we've mentioned Ryan Wilson went off quite early, um, and Hardy went off with what looked like quite a serious knock towards the end. Does that have any impact on the Scotland side for the weekend? So in terms of back row, who do we think is going to start? I think Barclay has to keep his place yeah. at six. I, I, think, I, think, I think Watson's done enough. And Watson stays at seven. And then see, if, see if Strauss... I understand he's he's picked up a knock that they're sort of monitoring, but he was they were hoping for him to start this weekend, so he'd hope he's going to be back for this weekend. Or they've obviously got Dupree coming in. I'd like to see Magnus Bradbury on the bench. I yeah, think. I think he's done enough to get a, yeah. a, some exposure. Well, he's, he's not in the squad. Oh, is he not? No, he's he's not in the squad, but I think he's been asked to, to train training with, them. with the squad. So there's a few, okay. there's him, him and I think actually Ali Price, who was on the bench last week, had been asked just to, to train along, but wasn't in the official squad, but then managed to get in. So he might yeah. he might play. What, um, what did you guys think of Grant Gilchrist, actually? It's a bit of a tangent, but looking ahead, he come, came off the bench for um, Richie, I think, when he went, when he went yeah. top. What did you think of Gilchrist? Obviously, the he was Vern Cotter's first choice for captain of Scotland, and he's obviously got hit by the injuries, but what did you reckon? This is the first time I think we've really had a sustained look at him in a, in a Scotland jersey. Thought he looked quite distinctly average. <laughs> Do you think? What a surprise! Well, he's just like a worker. He's uh, just like a less efficient Johnny Gray. Maybe. Probably. He's maybe a bit. It could be a bit better than Richie Gray, though. Really? Richie's just sort of, as I said, he doesn't take full advantage of his size. He and made twenty-three tackles. 
Yeah, it's an amazing stat, but that's just sort of what I expect from an international anyway. Do you expect 23 tackles a game? <laughs> well, maybe not that many, but to just do your tackling, it's not the hardest part of the game, so I don't bang, think. Bang on it with John Barkley, and I think he only had something like 8 or 10 tackles. Something he was busy like there, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Um, and I actually thought Richie Gray in attack did okay. He gets he, smashed, I think. He was on the He's shoulder. not strong enough. He took the offload off Finn Russell. Yeah, he did, he did actually. Yeah. Um, he's he's good in the, he's better than Johnny Gray in the open because I think he's got better ball handling skills. But no, I I think the Gilchrist looked quite good, and we talked about it before that there's so much hype around him, and as you say, Cotter wanted him to be his Scotland captain. So, I mean, there there must be something that we're not seeing. But we think that off the back of this Australia performance, we've got a pack, possibly excluding the front row, that can sort of front up to Australia, get us good front football and let the backs do what they have actually shown they can actually do now. Yeah, I mean we've got five second rows that could probably step up, we've got Swinson and obviously Hamilton as well. He's, I, <laughs> I, I would love to see Big Jim back. Big Jim back? I, I don't think, he's um, supposedly going to London Irish next year, that's, oh, really? the, that's the rumour. So I saw someone um, on, so Ed, I think it was on the Edinburgh Forum was calling Catullus to come back. To, wait, ben Tullis. Ben Tullis. But he's got a brother as well, hasn't he? It's Alex Tullis. And Alex Tullis. Alex Tullis has gone to New Zealand. Yeah. Oh, has he? He's been canned. Presumably to get a job on the farm. <laughs> I can only assume he's given up rugby, but... Going work, <laughs> Ferg, go work at Fergberger in Queenstown. Yeah, I think so. I think so. He's certainly not getting a game, but... Um, but yeah, you're right. I think the pack, it, apart from the strength and depth at the front row, which we're going to come on to in a second, I think going into the Six Nations, we're really... Pretty happy with second row and back row. Yeah, I think our back five and with a couple of, uh, we've got some genuine prospects coming through as well, which we will talk about um, yeah. a little bit. But I mean, I think it's certainly in the back row. We've got, well, we've got an abundance of fetchers, people that will get their heads over the ball. Mm-hmm. Matt has possibly um, identified yeah. a little bit of a shortage in sort of like a Billy Vinopola sort of character yeah. or a CJ Stander or someone like that that's going to really get us going forward. But I think. I think this is that we are pretty strong, and I don't think we've got anything to fear against Argentina. And it's a team that traditionally Scotland have always stepped up against. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're doing very well against them. I, I think that it sort of goes back to when we get a few injuries, we we can maybe step up some sort of second string guys, but then that just really kills our bench. So that's yeah. that's my one worry that um, you know when we play against teams with with big packs, is that you know around the 55, 60th minute marks, I think. Was it not that yesterday we didn't score a point after the sort of fifty seventh minute or yeah. something? Uh, and I, yeah, I don't think we scored a point after the try. Yeah, we scored the try. Was that the forty ninth? Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. I just think that we maybe we're not quite fit enough. I think it's, I think it's more yeah. just that impact. We don't get that impact off. That's the what Eddie Jones said, isn't it? That Scotland don't score points in the second half. Yeah, and we've we've proven it correct. So, do you think some for some players that step up from Pro Twelve to day in, day out, into the internationals, you just, you just can't keep that level of intensity up for the 80 minutes, just because they're not used to it. Yeah, I think unless you're, I mean, I think that Hamish Watson did really, really well on his debut, but but that's probably because he's been probably one of the Pro 12's best players, and that he's been absolutely dominating at that level, yeah. and if you're not dominating at that level, then the step up is, is massive, and I think that someone like, somewhere like the, you know, Super 15, or maybe the English Premiership, and maybe even the top 14 in terms of the physicality side of things, is a far better breeding ground for these kind of guys. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, Alan Dell has played, I think we talked about last week, he's played, like, 
eight games for Edinburgh, and the rest of his rugby season playing playing for Gala. And that's not a high level. It's not intense. There's some good players there, but it's not intense. So his step up is effectively from Netherdale to, to Murrayfield. That's a well-trodden path, though, in his defence. Who else has done that? I can't really think. <laughs> well, not, not well modern, shot, well not shot. Not in modern, modern, <laughs> modern, modern times, maybe not. Not in modern times, but back in the day. Back, back, in, back in the day. Back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah. Chris Batson, I think he was Gala. Was he Gala? Yeah, Chris Batson was Gala. He was. I'm going to back myself on that one. I'm sure our friends at Borders Rugby will get to us on Twitter and tell us. Yeah, they'll the, prove uh, us wrong. So that, again, is at Thistle Rugby Pod if you want to follow us on Twitter. And we're also available on iTunes and the Acast podcast app. Just search for Thistle Rugby Podcast and you'll find us. Now for the diehards, the true fans that come here for us week in, week out, we're going to talk about props. We're going to talk about whether Scotland has a front row crisis. And I think this comes off the back of the fact I think we gave away some scrum penalties. We were going backwards in the scrum this weekend. And um, I think it's chiefly because we had Xander Ferguson and um, Alan Dow, two young guys propping around 100-cap legend Ross Ford. Um, We've got, we got to do a shout-out to Ross Ford. Yeah, fair play. Fair play 100 to, caps. Fair play to yeah. Ross Ford. Well, well played to I the mean, lad. In any other country, you probably wouldn't get more than a handful, but fair play to him sticking in at Scotland and getting He, he wouldn't have got it through a, a youth-grade system at any other country, <laughs> I don't think. He's I just always, big. I always forget that when he was younger, he was a back row. Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. Like... Where has that gone? I think we're, we're also forgetting he is a lion, Lions test uh, cap holder. Can you imagine how bad his chat was in that test? People trying in that tour, sorry. People trying to chat to him. Like, oh, no. Well, all, all I know is that he doesn't feature very much in the DVD, so... Ross Massive arms That's the only bit. Ross Massive. I think they're taking the piss out of him. And that was you and Murray. That was you and Murray. <laughs> was taking, you and Murray. That's you and Murray taking the piss <laughs> out of him. Well. on the tour. Yeah, a few exactly. Scots. So, Matt... This this is on the agenda, Matt, because you think we do have a front row crisis. So please make your uh, make your case for the prosecution. Yeah, I, mean, I think that when we have our our sort of first choice front row, and we've got now you know, Ford, I suppose, and Dickinson. We look really really strong, but I just think beyond that, you know, we're chucking in Xander Fagson against Australia. He's had one cap for Scotland. He's had about a season and a half for for Glasgow. And we just talked about Dell as well, that he's hardly played any games for... He's still young, I, I get that, but he's hardly played any games. Um, it, it is perhaps unfortunate in terms of injuries, but you know, even Ross Sutherland's had a... Uh, Roy Sutherland, sorry, has had a few few games, yeah. but he's still... He's so young, and I just think that Gordon Reid's not quite up to it. So I, I think that there is a bit of a bit of an issue there. And yeah, I think we gave... We could have actually given away a lot more penalties yesterday, but... We just did not have a stable ball, and whenever it was Australia's ball, they were getting it on the front foot. So yeah, I think there's there there is an issue there. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see what you, I can see what you're saying, and I'll, I'll make my, my point for the defence. But it's kind of like a it's a, a deferred point because there's nothing that I can really say against your points. We were going back in the scrum, we did give away penalties, but I thought I thought I think Ferguson and Dell are modern props. They may be very young, but I think Dell in particular made, um, I think he made about 20 yards, and for a prop, that's that's very good. I think Ferguson, they've got a bit about them around the park in terms of being rugby players. That's not their job, though. 
their, their job and that is, is and the that scrum. Is fine. The job and, is the scrum. And I think in an ideal world, as you say, we're going to have WP Nell back and Dickinson back, propping around Ford or um, Fraser Brown, who I thought looked very good when he came on, or um, or McAnally, mm-hmm. um, who I think are both very good prospects and good backups for the time being. And I just think it's great that we, we, for the first time, I think in a long time, we've got proper apprentices coming through. Like I see, Fer- I see Ferguson and Dell coming through. And we know that props sort of come into their prime in their late twenties um, once they've got a bit, bit more strength, a bit more experience, and the sort of nitty gritty in the front row. Um, which, obviously, as a standoff and two centres, we understand more than anybody else. Alan, you, but, you um, used to play prop <laughs> back have, in the day. I, I have played prop in my day. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I mean, generally, I think that these guys are they're in the modern breed of prop, and I think coming from the country of sort of 50 cap plus chunk, um, Alan Jacobson and sort of Gordy Reed and um, Murray Lowe and these sort of guys who, nobody looks more like a prop than a Scottish rugby prop I've found in the last <laughs> 10 years. They look, they, they look like props, the, the sort of guys that you look for in sort of the, the early 90s, proper props and Scotland are the only ones that still field them. I think these guys look um, like they understand the rugby game, they're built like modern props. Um, they get around the park a bit. They make yards. They make their tackles. I think for the time being, this this injury, I would say, it's an injury crisis as opposed to a front row crisis. So we're saying that the main reason we think Sander Ferguson and Alan Dell are good props is because they don't look like fat messies, basically. Yeah. Cool, sweet. <laughs> right. But that, I think that's I mean, a I don't, we're not fat messes, so be, we probably like, get, like, get a gig. We've got two, two guys that are, don't have beer bellies. Come on, there's a massive step forward. <laughs> can we, can we yes, acknowledge? I'm saying, I, think I that, quite like old man kind of fat prop strength, though. You know? Fat prop strength is actually pretty When Alan got ahead of steam, he was one of the best. When did he ever Craig get Smith ahead? was actually the number one Craig fat mess prop. He was a Gordon, beast, though. Gordon he was a Mac- Gordon McElwain? <laughs> He's I right. don't even know who he is. Gordon Michael, I don't know that. Bruce, Bruce Douglas was oh, Bruce, Bruce Douglas. Douglas. Tom Smith. Tom, Tom, Tom Smith. Lions legend Tom Smith. Tom Smith was a bit Jeff Cross probably could have lost a couple of Yeah, yeah. Jeff Cross, concussion specialist. But what, he's, he's, uh, what do you reckon? Jeff Cross, also Gala legend. Gala? Yeah, he and is. And Gregor Townsend was the one we forgot. Oh yeah, he's, oh, God, he's sorry, he's sacrilege. Big, I thought the board would be like you freak. Uh, yeah, sorry, lads. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, but what do you reckon? Alan? Do you think we're in a crisis or? Um, harsh? I mean, I guess if by crisis you mean like fifteen-year crisis, <laughs> then yeah, we're in a fifteen-year crisis of props. So <laughs> we're in a crisis at the moment, but it's probably the best props we've had in fifteen years. I think. Yeah, once you scratch the surface, I think WP Nell is probably going to go in the Lions. I'm, I think Dickinson's okay, but I'm not actually 100% convinced. I think as a unit, the three of them work very well, or certainly did yes, in the World Cup do. and yeah. the Six Nations last year. But I still, I still think out of the home nations, is possibly the weakest front row. I think so. And I've actually got a lot of hopes for Xander Ferguson. I think he's, I think he could be really, really good. I think he's, you're right. I think he's a good athletic ball-carrying prop, and hopefully with a couple more years in him, I think yeah. him, WP Nell, and probably you said Fraser Brown, could be actually quite a formidable front row. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, Fraser Brown's now, I mean, how many caps has he got now? He's probably, he's getting to that sort of experience level. I mean, most of them are off the bench, but he's been in and around that sort of senior international yeah. 
Made a great turnover this weekend. That's his sort of back row experience. I think he offers an awful lot around the park. His arrows seem pretty good. I think it's got to the point where when he comes on for Ford, you don't sort of hang your head. You're you're feeling quite confident that yeah. he'll he'll hold together the set piece. I, I think I think there's a general looking forward. I think there's a we have good prospects in the front row. But I, I completely take your point that looking at the Six Nations, looking wider than that, we are weak in that front row. But maybe we compensate now that we've got a pretty competitive back five. Mm. And yeah, I suppose it's, a, it's still a decent pack that's keeping us competitive for the majority of games, um, at least. No, definitely. Um, mm. So yeah, I, I, think I think that's pretty good. Um, now, moving on to our new segment, which we're trying out for the first time. This is going to be passing over to Alan, who's going to be giving us some of the insight into the betting markets. And um, if you do lose money off these um, off these bets, they're collected back from Alan, not the Thistle group. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we do have group liability. It's, all, group it's all personal. This is all on Alan, so he's, uh, he's going to talk us through this. This is um, Alan's sure thing. Hi guys, and welcome to Alan's Sure Thing. A uh, couple of tasty matches coming up on Saturday. South Africa, Italy, England, Fiji, Wales, Japan, I think are all going to be pretty uh, dead rubbers, nothing much going on in the betting markets. But um, this week, a nice little double, I think, presented itself. We've got Scotland to beat Argentina, and Australia to beat France. I think um, Scotland coming into this game are much better than the sort of evens odds suggest, and I think um, they're more than likely to take the win at Murrayfield. And Australia have just got a plus four um, against France, which I think completely um, undervalues them. I think against France, we've seen they've sort of been highly efficient in sort of taking down France away from home over the years. So that's it, double, Scotland win, Australia win. And then for Alan's long shot, one that you might want to chuck a pound on for the big win, going in for New Zealand plus 20 against Ireland. I think New Zealand are going to be coming in real hot to this game, I think. They've had a nice win out, I know Italy are legitimately awful, but coming in hot, I think Ireland probably played the best match of, of the last 10 years, and I think New Zealand is going to be too much for them on Saturday night. That's Alan's sure thing. I like, I like the sound of that, particularly the, the Irish one. I was thinking about it today and just how how can the Irish produce a performance like that yeah. again? Um, no, I New think Zealand will pick their best, strongest team, be so up for it. They they don't lose two matches in a row like that, do they? So I think um, I just don't think you know, that whole game kind of a lot of stuff came together in that game, and I think New Zealand are going to come absolute full hands and tongs at them. And just yeah. take them I like I like the look of Alan's long shot. I think that's pretty good. Cool. I think that's a great new addition to the thistle. Let us know, guys, if you're enjoying what we're what we're putting out there every week. Um, you can leave us a five star review. Other stars are, of course, available, but we won't read them out um, <laughs> on iTunes. Please get on there. Let us know what we're doing. Subscribe. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. We are on um, iTunes and the Acast podcast app, um, and we are on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Podcast. We keep that going throughout the week. If you've got any questions, always have to engage in some banner. Maybe. Absolutely, yeah. If you guys want to let yeah. us know what your thoughts are for the weekend, and hopefully, um, we will be getting the inside track from our very well placed sources in the Scotland um, camp to try and bring you a bit of an early look 
at um, what the squad's going to be for next week. Um, but for the time being, we're going to sign off for now um, and we'll hopefully speak to you after a win for Scotland against Argentina next week. So from David, it is goodbye. From Alan, it's bye. From Matt, it's goodbye. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.